Heard every single day on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR, Decatur, Dallas-Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, if inflation is going down, how can we still see it in our pocketbooks? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Good afternoon, this is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, over the past couple of days, we've been seeing some inflation data come in, and we always keep a close eye on this because we want to get an idea of where inflation is, is going, plus the stock market's reaction to that, because that's good news if inflation's going down. Well, yesterday... The prolonged period of high inflation may finally be coming to an end. In October, the Consumer Price Index, which is what we look at and follow inflation by, increased 3.2% from 12 months earlier, down from 3.7% in September. And, of course, this is much better than the pandemic-era peak of 9.1%. Of course, markets had a great day yesterday. They loved that information. But, you know, there's no big surprise that the Federal Reserve Board in raising interest rates 11 times has not been effective. It, but uh, it's only half of the story. It, it, it's almost as if they report, the financial media reports this like inflation and higher prices are going down and are gone and are going away to stay. But that's not what's happening. We've talked about this many times on, on uh, Prudent Money. If you've been listening, you know that, yes, interest rates coming down, but that's not going to really affect the end, the end user, which is the consumer. We're still dealing with this prolonged effect of, infla- of higher prices and uh, that's one of those things. It's one of those things where where we can deal with it for a, a time limit. We have a limit on how long we can deal with it. But I think that it's gotten to the point to, and I will, I'll uh, show you some statistics here that uh, will back that up. But I, th- I think it's gone to the point to where the damage is done, and uh, unless they get some. Serious relief, which would mean the Federal Reserve Board would start having to cut rates. This is a big, un- this is really important to understand. Let me back up and, 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 and walk you through it. In order to slow down higher rates of interest, uh, excuse me, higher rates of prices, the Federal Reserve Board, who controls interest rates, moved the benchmark, minist- the benchmark interest rate, the interest rate everybody watches, up eight, I mean, excuse me, 11 times. Now, that is significant because they and they had to raise it so many different times because it was at rock bottom. It was a zero. And so even 11 times, I think, put it up around 5%. And this brought up prices really fast. 
And of course, they got to 9.2%, I think was the high, and then it started coming down. So may it, it might be that the market is jumping for joy over news that's really not such great news because the problem is it's sustained inflation right now. It got up so high, came down a little bit, but it's, it has stayed. Now that inflation indicator that's coming down is only is is only saying we're not expecting any new inflation. I think 9.2 percent, even though greatly understated, greatly understated, probably half of what it really is. Government statistics and government accounting and all has gone down, but the damage is done. And I and I the was thinking about this today. What's the best analogy that can be used? And it's the analogy of a, of a hurricane. A hurricane, a Cat 4, Cat 5 hurricane comes rumbling through the coastlines, does enormous damage, and then it leaves. And now you are left with the wreckage, the sustained cost of life, which is greatly diminished, is there to put everything back together and try to get going again. And I always find it interesting how we follow these hurricanes. Well, let me say, I follow, I'll say myself, because I love to watch hurricane coverage or weather coverage when there's something going on. And watching for days as that, that hurricane gains strength and comes forward and, and then hits the coastline and then it, it, it goes through parts of our country and continues to go through until it leaves up, up one of the coastlines. And, but the, the destruction is done. It's, it's, it's left a, a path of destruction over many, many, many miles. Destroyed some towns completely. And it's just going to take a, a long time to build it back up. Well, you know, you never, I, I look for information on how that's going, but, you know, you never really see information as to what's the, prog the progress. How are they coming? Are they built back up yet? And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you hope that, nope, that a hurricane didn't, didn't have a direct hit like it did this last time. But the damage is done. Rates have been raised 11 times. And just because the consumer price index is coming down doesn't mean that what the damage that's there, for instance, I always like to pick on restaurants, probably because it annoys me that restaurants are charging what they're charging when I, I just don't think it's, it's necessary. But you've seen a you've seen a, a, a price a price increase of th probably over twenty percent, just like in in, uh, in grocery stores. However, I will say this: grocery stores have seemed to have come down in some areas, which has been good to see. But that has definitely been the area that is that's uh, been really tough on the 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 pocketbook. But you see, the damage is done. 
And, you know, once again, there is two types of inflation, the one that's coming down on the indicator and then the high inflation rates we're still dealing with. So the bottom line is it's not truly over. And I don't think that you see the rates come down as to where they should until they start cutting rates. And we'll get into that in a little bit. That's something that's going to take a very long time to do, and I'll tell you why here in a minute. Some of the statistics that have come out, First National Bank of Omaha, and, you know, take these surveys as, as, they, as they are. Um, you might take them with a grain of salt. You might say, is 1,000 people really representative of 327 million people? Probably not, but it does show some... That, that even if they're close or even if they're somewhere in the ballpark, they're concerning. It says 47% of adults say monthly expenses exceed income. As consumers have struggled to keep up with high prices and higher interest rates across the board, nearly half, 47%, said their money expenses exceed their monthly income, according to a recent report by First National Bank of Omaha. 62% of adults said they are living paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck studies show. Now, this is really the, the part of inflation, this whole process, that has that is really, really hit the hardest is on borrowing costs. I mean, we would still have a rip-roaring real estate market if we didn't have 75 to 8% interest rates on mortgages. But as those interest rates went up, by according to the Fed, so did the interest on mortgages. Now, I want to circle back around to, to mortgages because we'll talk a little bit about that in just a minute. But, you know, I always described it as the buyer and the seller are standing in a standstill and the, the the seller saying, well, hey, my this property you want to buy is worth this. And the individual wanting to buy the property says, yes, it would have been somewhere near that value if my borrowing costs were half of what they were, which was a year and a half ago or something like that. It's because of the higher interest rates, they can't afford to buy it. So it's a standstill. Who's going to blink first? And that's, that's exactly, though, how I, I look at this. You know, you look at credit, car, uh, credit on automobiles. That, too, is at some point going to catch up with the consumer. I don't, you know, the, I, the irony is I don't think it is truly caught up with the consumer, probably because cars are a necessity and people just uh, grin and bear it and they buy them anyway. Even at the high, uh, follow, the high borrowing cost. I mean, if you got a car, it's it's in times like these you say to yourself, "Well, I don't feel like going in and um, and purchasing a car for what it would cost me to purchase a car." That I can I can understand, but then again, real estate's some of the same way. But it's 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 hit areas of our economy that are really going to take. A lot to bring back and it comes down to lowering interest rates well the problem that we have there 
is that if the Fed lowers interest rates, he's going to kick off, the Federal Reserve Board will put into high gear the, the effect on real estate prices will definitely really it would i think with a a cut of we'll get to that in a second hey this is bob brooks you are listening to the prudent money radio show we're up against a break stick around and be right back The word for today is excited to announce the new official online home for the ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith and K. Smith. PastorChuck.org At PastorChuck.org you'll have instant access to thousands of hours of verse-by-verse teaching by Pastor Chuck Smith from Genesis through Revelation and full access to special messages on subjects such as prophecy and much, much more. Also at PastorChuck.org a full library of great teachings by K. Smith and a section where you can read some of Pastor Chuck's books online, all free of charge. So visit the new official online home of The Word for Today and the ministry of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith. PastorChuck.org One of the things that's been so interesting to me as I've studied this is to discover all the different things that angels do. Each of them has a personal responsibility. They're not all just the same. Some of them are constructed differently so that they can do the things that God has called them to do. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Angels, Who They Are and How They Help, next time on Turning Point. Weekday mornings at 9 o'clock here on KDKR. Most believers recognize the importance of sharing the good news, but few believers ever do. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us how, and it's easier than you think. Tune in for practical insight on evangelism from an evangelist. That's this week on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning, weekday mornings at 7.30, here on KDKR. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thanks so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. I was talking about the Federal Reserve Board lowering rates and why it won't happen, because that bubble that we that uh, in, that was blowing up, and 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 it was entire. Someone called it, and I thought it was very in, uh, was very genius on their part. They called it the bubble of all bubbles. Because of the real estate bubble, the bond market bubble, the uh, stock market bubble, just you name it, it was there, and it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, as we watched and observed, we all would uh, agree that at some point that bubble's going to burst. What has happened is that the air started to come out of some of it, but those bubbles, in my opinion, are still alive and well, because if you kicked into gear the gasoline, the energy for getting those going, that's just, it's just a matter of the Fed going through the process of lowering interest rates, cutting their benchmark interest rate. That would get all that back up again. The problem is it would just mean bigger bubbles in the future. And that's not what we want to see. We, we've got to see some of that, a lot of that air let out of these bubbles. And the, here, here's the thing is that 
these, these asset prices, as they get higher and higher and higher, will cause major problems for us in the, uh, in the future. So if you cut rates, you ignite these bubbles again, and there, and there is your, your problem. Once again, with real estate prices, I think that you would, see, you would see activity just start to pick up in no time. Where you have a pro, where you, you get to the point where bubbles don't matter, stocks don't matter, is, is if the Fed started cutting rates and you still wouldn't go and invest in a stock because you just don't want to take the risk. Well, that's not the case. I think there's people just sitting there waiting and, and looking at it and going, boy, when this thing does get turned around, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on top of the, on the uh, um, buying and selling stocks. You know, you're just, uh, that's what you're, you're seeing right now. You're not seeing people go, oh, I don't, want, I don't want to touch them. I don't want any stocks. I don't want any bonds. I don't want anything. Therein lies the problem. So you had, um, one of the things that we look, let me back up. One of the things that we look at, is consumer sentiment and how they feel about buying certain things, how they feel about the economy. And, and the, the market watches this. I don't know that it, it's like the unemployment report and the process they go through with that. I don't know how accurate, it, accurate any of this really is because they're taking a small sample group and they're saying that this small sample group is representative of the market. And so say it, say that it is, I, I mean, who's say that it's not, but I think it's a little unrealistic. Unreal, so I think you, you got to look at these and go, well, can we get in the ballpark of these numbers? And there's where the, the possibilities are of them being true that this is the way people feel. But it's no surprise that homeowners are frustrated they're feeling pretty good about their situation with 63% saying it's a good time to sell a home. But a record share of consumers are frustrated by the U.S. housing market and consider the current moment a bad time, in quotes, to buy, according to a new survey. The Fannie Mae Home Purchase Sentiment Index indicated that 85% of respondents surveyed believe it's a bad time to buy a home up one percentage point from last month, the most citing high home prices and high mortgage rates as the primary reasons. I think it's primarily, I don't think it really matters, that, I don't think prices, I think people have dealt with that okay. I think, I think it really does point to high mortgage rates. And once again, high mortgage rates Unless they're brought down by more by cuts in the federal the federal funds rate, the, the Fed the Fed's cheap chief interest rate. Unless that gets cut, I don't see significant declines of mortgage rates. It says housing affordability is at the lowest level in 39 years as buyers find their potential mortgage payment taking up an increasingly large share of their income the monthly principal and interest payment get this on a mortgage for a median price has climbed 94% and what's interesting is consumers expressed these feelings even as they reported better job security 
and improved household income. So it, it's going to be interesting to me where this all where this all ends up today. After a week to a week and a half of, of interest rates really coming down and coming down hard. When I say interest rates, I mean let's say the everybody typically most people typically follow the ten-year Treasury rate but it's come down really fast. Even then, we're still, uh, today's 30-year mortgage rate was at 7.74%. I think until you get below a seven, close to middle sixes, down below six, preferably, it's gonna be a little tough to see people getting excited about buying a home. But once again, once, once that gets kick-started, it's gonna be something or, uh, or another. I think though, what, what ends up happening is, it, it gets, because you got to remember, we still have a supply and demand issue, which puts pr pressure on higher rates. I know it, it gets it gets a, a little bit complicated, but anyway, that's what I, that's what I see as far as you you've got this overall uh, supply and demand issue, which we really haven't talked about, but you understand we've talked about this many times, where there's not enough supply to meet the demand. But the problem is, is that people can't do that if they can't afford the mortgage that's going into a play. So there you have it on that. Now, let's talk a little bit, and I, and I want to bring this up because I want to make sure that you know and you're aware and not caught up in the Christmas buying season. So it's going to be expensive this year, right? To, uh, to, to buy presents. However, I, I do believe that you'll see people, that you'll see department stores, department stores, who calls them department stores? You'll see stores uh, starting to cut back as much as they can on their prices. Excuse me. And uh, we'll, and of course, you've, you've seen the, the, it's interesting as you've watched people, stores have, retail have the Black Friday sales, you know, in October. So anyway, I still think there, ultimately, it's going to be a supply and demand issue and some of the things we want, I think, to, uh, to buy for Christmas. But it is what it is. What I don't want you to do is to go into a store and say, and buy into the, 20% off your purchase if you take a that store's credit, if you apply for that store's credit card. You're going to get the credit. And according to Lending Tree, Lending Tree data, just 27% of consumers say they're likely to apply for a store, a store card this season, the lowest level since 2018. Now, the thing that concerns me about that is that you put three or four thousand, five thousand, whatever, on one of these these store credit cards, and it's one of those things where you're not really paying attention. I think that we resort resort to a uh, kind of a well, I'll be able to pay it off. It won't be any big deal. Nearly two and three store cards have possible APRs, annual percentage rates, interest rates of 30% or higher, and some top 
say it again. It is amazing to me that the chief regulators, Washington politicians, do not do something about retail and banking community in putting these 30% to 35% interest rate driven cards in the marketplace as enticements to buy something they can't afford. Once you get into that stratosphere of interest rates, it is almost impossible to get out of debt. But yet, they looked at 101 cards, Lending Tree, uh, uh, Lending Tree data, looked into 101 cards, 64 had uh, interest rates of 30% or higher, 11 reached 33%, and three charged 35%. That is absolutely insane. And, uh, you know, people are going to charge on these credit cards. They, they're going to offer them. So record high rates aren't necessarily scaring people away from store cards. And that is really concerning. The average store card APR interest rate rose from 26.6 to 29.31. There's something wrong with the system when companies like this can, can get away with putting out credit cards like that. Absolutely ridiculous. This is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Until we meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.